Number 11, Marco Reus, Borussia Dortmund. You are listening to the BVB Buzz Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Dunn. First up is Stefan of BVB Chicago, talking the evolution of Christian Pulisic and Usman Dembele, grading last season, Bundesliga in Chicago, the Dortmund fandom growing here in the beautiful city of Chicago, and much more. Later on, I'm joined by Aiden Ray of BVB Buzz, talking preseason friendlies, Julian Weigel, Abomniang, and the return of Little Mario. You are listening to the BVB Buzz Podcast exclusively here on the Tyler Dunn Soccer Show. Joining me on the line for the second ever episode is Stefan of BVB Fans in Chicago. Stefan, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Fine, thank you. How about yourself? Uh, it's a tremendous day. You know, we're recording the BVB Buzz Podcast and it gets uploaded on Sunday. Always exciting, you know, being a part of the, the Borussia Dortmund family. You know, I'm not the only American that's trying to make a, a name for themselves with Dortmund. So, uh, first things first, let's talk about last season before we talk about this brand new season yep. coming up. How would you rank last season? You know, you know, years prior, we were champions. Under Jurgen Klopp, we were champions. And then, obviously, he had a little bit of a fall, and then he left. He went to Liverpool. Uh, last season, Thomas was in charge, and, you know, you won. we won the German Cup. How would we rank uh, last season to priors? Was it a good year for us since, you know, we lost a lot of the experienced players and, you know, we have some breakout stars in this team, and then obviously a Yang leading the charge, Royce in and out of the team with injury. How would we rank last season? Giving us, you know, 1 out of 10, you know, 10 being the best, 1 being the worst, what would we rank it between those numbers? I would rank it as uh, number four. Ooh, a four. Uh, yeah, I was very disappointed in how Tuchel did all the changes. I mean, he had no continuance mm. in the team. So always, almost every week, he had a different team playing. So mm. so nobody could get really in a swing of it. So, What would we, how would you, how do you feel about Tuchel being fired? Did you agree with the decision? Did you disagree with the decision? Where were you at on the fence? I'm actually glad that he's gone. So it's like I said, I was very disappointed mm-hmm. in him. The second, I mean, last year, the year before he was good. Mm-hmm. But last year, I mean, he didn't do no changes. He did the same what he did the, the year before. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work out the year before. What do, so, we, what do we think about the new manager that came in? I know there's a lot of people talking about Favre coming from Nice. He had a great season with Nice. I mean, the last two seasons with Nice, he's been a trem- he did a tremendous job. But you go for Peter Boys. He's the he was the IX manager, and now he makes a transition to Borussia Dortmund. I think he was a dark horse, but you saw what he did in the Europa League last season. You saw what he did in the in the Everdees with Ajax. You know, not being the best team, but finishing runners up to uh, Feyenoord. He did a great job. Got him to a final of the European Cup as well. How excited are you for him to come into the team? I mean, he's got a history of giving young kids a chance, letting them break through the team. You know, now he's given a little bit more money than he's got at Ajax and obviously a better team and a better squad as well. What do you think he's going to do? You know, what style of play do you think he's going to bring to Borussia Dortmund that Tuchel didn't bring last season? I do believe he's going to be good uh, with, with him with giving the young players the chance. But also he should keep the older ones in 
in in front two mm-hmm. signs. Uh, like I said, I mean there was no continuance last year at all, so I was very disappointed in that. So I hope he's not going to do the same like Tuchel did, no. so that he's going to keep the same players on the field. Mm-hmm. So I know it's bad mm-hmm. that you have so many good players, mm-hmm. but he should keep a continuance. Last season, we saw the breakout of two stars in the making for Borussia Dortmund. We had Usman Dembele, who you arguably could say is the most exciting prospect coming out of the French you know, ranks right now. I mean, everyone talks about Mbappe, but Dembele did it all season last season, all last year. I mean, the season he had for Dortmund, you know, from start to finish, you can argue is probably the best young French player all season. I know everyone was touting Anthony Martial the prior season with Manchester United took a little bit of a dip, and then you saw Usman Dembele with Dortmund. I mean, he just skyrocketed, and I mean, single-handedly had a great impact on the side. And then you look at Christian Pulisic, the American from Hershey, Pennsylvania. He he comes out, he breaks through, and he does a tremendous job. Which one has the biggest potential in your eyes, Stefan? Which one has the biggest potential? I would say it's probably going to be Pulisic. Mm-hmm. I really do believe that Pulisic is going to be the biggest star from both of them. Mm-hmm. And which one caught your eye the most last season? Oh, what caught my eye the most was Dembele. Definitely. I mean, the way how he goes over the sides, over the flanks, Mm -hmm. how he can pass and how he can score, it's just just unbelievable. So... In terms of, you know, you mentioned Pulisic possibly being the bigger star. Do you, Is it because he's an American and obviously he's going to get a lot more glamour, you know, stateside, commercially, he might be a bigger star? Or do you think he'll be the bigger star in general? I mean, just in terms of his play and, you know, being a better footballer. Do you think he'll be a better footballer than Dembele? Or do you think just because he's an American, his uh, his reach will be better than Dembele's? Uh, both. I would say both. He, he's going to have a bigger reach, mm-hmm. especially in America. And he's, I do believe he's going to be, the older he gets, the better he's going to be. I mean, look what he's doing for the national team, for the U.S. national team. I mean, without without him, they would have lost the last two games when he played. So he, He's a tremendous talent. And I think a lot of people will take it for granted. You know, you know, every so often an American comes up, there was Freddie Adu, you know, you know, a decade ago. Oh, Freddie Adu, he's the next big thing, but he burnt out. And Christian Pulisic, he gets a break for the Gold Cup. He's not in the squad. He gets a full season, you know, a full rest of, for the full season. What is our expectations for Christian Pulisic going into next season? Do you think he's going to stake a claim to be the starter next season? Do you think he's going to take the, he's going to kick on and have an even better season? What is your expectations for the young American next season going into the World Cup? I hope he's going to be become a starter both in the for Dortmund a full time starter and a full time starter for the U.S. national team. Since, like I said, the U.S. really needs him. The Chinese transfer window is officially closed. I mean, there was a lot of speculation that Aubameyang would make the move to the Chinese Super League. He didn't. You know, a German legend, Lucas Podolski, said that, you know, the Chinese can spend all the money they want, but they'll never be as good as the Bundesliga. And if you went there, you would be selling your soul. Are you happy that Aubameyang said no to the Chinese Super League and all the crazy money over in China? Uh, actually, he didn't say no to it <laughs> since he, the, I guess they couldn't get the finances right since with the new stuff, what they have going on, mm-hmm. they have, if, if they spent $75 million for him, they would have to spend seventy-five million for other young stars in a, in China. So, so actually, the deal would have cost them one hundred fifty million. 
So and I guess that was a little bit too much for them too. <laughs> I mean, they got so much money over there. When you can pay a player like Carlos Chavez six hundred and fifty a week, and and that's not dollars, and you know that's not six hundred fifty dollars. No. That's six hundred fifty thousand euros a week. Yeah. I mean, yep. it's just astronomical the fun, the money that they spend on contracts, you know, in in China. <laughs> So are you glad that he stayed? I know obviously the transfer window isn't closed in Europe, and obviously there's lots of speculation. And our poll question at BVB Buzz this week is, do you expect, where do you think he'll play next season? And I mean, the options are Chelsea, Dortmund, AC Milan, or somewhere else. Where do you think he'll play his football next season, Abumi Inc.? I do believe he's going to go to Chelsea or he's going to stay in Dortmund. Uh, <clears throat> Liverpool, I do believe, is out since the, what the, all the rumors are that he didn't really get along with Klopp the last year. So, and Milan, I don't think they want to pay this much money since they already. Uh, they spent a lot. They so spent. Much. They spent a lot of money, but they've yeah. revamped the whole squad. I mean, you look at what Milan has done. <laughs> They have. I think if you look at how business should be conducted, I mean, they've gotten eight great signings. They brought them all in, and I think they've replaced their whole starting eleven, nearly their yep. whole starting eleven, with quality players that should get them Champions League football. And you know, I was talking to a uh, a writer at BVB Buzz, and you guys can check out. He's a fantastic writer. His name is Redfella31 on Twitter, and we were having a conversation about his fit at Chelsea, and I said. I don't think he would do good under Conte compared to what he would do under Klopp because Klopp will let him be himself in the way that Conte plays. I don't think he would have the successes he's had in, in the Bundesliga under uh, Tuchel and how he had success under Klopp. Do you think he would be a good for, for, for Chelsea or do you think he should just stay at Dortmund, score the 40 goals and become a club le- legend? I do believe he should stay in Dortmund. Mm-hmm. But then the other thing is if he doesn't... If he does, I think his contract is out next season. Mm-hmm. After the end of this season or after the end of next season. I don't know more. If he was 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. So, and I have a feeling if he stays here this year and we uh, and we can't sell him, then it's going to be just like Lewandowski that is going for free somewhere. Yeah. So that would really hurt us money-wise. So I do believe we, if we get a chance, we should... Sell them so so we can it's... so we can recoup the money for him. Yeah, and I, yep. I and that's the sad thing about football nowadays is that there isn't these players that want to stay with these clubs that gave them opportunities. I mean, you look at a Bumbyang, he was in league he was in League One and he didn't he wasn't that big of a star. He goes to Dortmund and he explodes into this huge African star and this huge Bundesliga star, and now he could be possibly on the brink within a year or two to leave the club and leave them with nothing and signing yep. uh, signing for free. And I understand. That football is a business, and sometimes players got to go. But hopefully, he could be a player, do something like uh, Antoine Griezmann did for Atletico Madrid, sign the new contract, and once the transfer ban's over, you know, Griezmann's got a you know a gentleman's agreement to be sold to a bigger club, you know, yep. to play football. So maybe Aubameyang does that. Would you be more happy if he signed the contract for, would say, three more years, and then they say, hey, next summer we'll sell you to wherever you want to go? Do you think that would be fair? Yes, yes, I do believe so. Then maybe have in a contract too that they make a maximum of, let's say, 50 million pounds or whatever. So mm-hmm. put it in. They don't want to do it anymore. Signs with Götze when he left us and went to Munich for the 35 million euros. Mm-hmm. So after that, they changed all the contracts. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I can see that, yeah, like you're saying, the gentleman's agreement, okay. I mean, not put it in a contract, but have a gentleman's agreement. Mm-hmm. Then. So, okay, we let you go the next season. So, play at least one more season with us. 
so resign so we get at least some money for you. Yeah. And I think that's how business should be conducted. I think it's very respectable when people do that kind of stuff. I know, you know, I read Sir Alex Ferguson's autobiography, and he talked about how Ronaldo wanted to leave after they won the European Cup. And he said, hey, give me one more season. Give me one more season, then I'll sell you to Madrid. That's your boyhood club. I'll let you go to Madrid. And what did he do? He stayed one more season. He scored 40 goals for him. And what did he do? He broke the world record of 80 million pounds. And, and, you know, now you look at that fee in today's market, I think – just imagine what a Ronaldo could have gotten in today's market compared to what they got in 2009 for him. I mean, it's just astronomical that you see players being sold for 50, 60, 70 million, and they're not even worth that kind of money. But, you know, everyone's yeah. making a lot of money. It's silly money out there. All right, let's transition on to uh, to our city in Chicago. Yep. Chicago is a beautiful city. It's one of the great cities. You know, we've been able to you know, bring in some of the best clubs in the world to play friendlies here. We acquired one of the best German players of the generation in Schweinsteiger playing for the Chicago Fire. How big is the Bundesliga in Chicago? Well, it's humongous. I mean, just, we have so many, so many fans here, but all we go to Cleos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, especially Munich. I mean, it's just unbelievable how many Munich fans are here. So, but, I mean, it's tremendous. What about Dortmund? How big is the Dortmund following in in the it, at Chloe's and in Chicago? We had when we at the German Cup final against Frankfurt, we had about roughly about twenty people there. Wow! So that's very uh, very good. It, yeah, it wasn't. Too, it was nice to see so many people there. So, so I mean, usually we have about between five, roughly about five eight people there would go to the games mm-hmm. and watch them. That's pretty good. There's that nice little camaraderie. You know, I do stuff with uh, Manchester United Chicago because that's my club. People judge me all the time. Oh, you're a big club fan. But I grew up. That was my team growing up as a wee kid. You know, you hear the stories about the club legends and you just fall in love with the team. Do you think there's a lot of younger people in Chicago that are falling in love with Borussia Dortmund because of Christian Pulisic's impact? You know, that big American star. Have you seen a bigger uptake since he's joined the team with people attending Chloe's and seeing Borussia Dortmund games with you guys? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's awesome. Definitely. That's very awesome. And, you know, you guys won the cup last season. You said you had 20 people down at the pub. How awesome was it winning the cup last season and having all those people to celebrate games? Because I can definitely tell you, I was at the FA Cup final. There was about 50 Manchester United fans. This was against Palace two seasons ago. And it was also the same time, the same day, we fired uh, Louis van Gaal and we replaced him with the. with Jose Mourinho, so we got a double whammy of excitement. Not only did we replace our boring football, yeah. uh, we we won a cup. We replaced the boring guy with someone that's enigmatic, you know, got a personality. So there was a lot of fun things going on with us. <laughs> I mean, it was a super. I would tell you one thing: being able to go down to the pub and watch games with people from different walks of life. I mean, we had a guy from China that was in in Chicago. He was conducting business that weekend, and he wanted to come down to the match, and we got to talk to him and hear these experiences. Is it similar for you guys? Come down, you watch them win the cup, and you just celebrate the whole day. I mean, it's it's so cool. How was that experience for you guys, celebrating that cup final win? It was great. I mean, we had people. I mean, people contacted me on our web page they were from michigan so they live in michigan and they were in chicago for the day and they wanted to know where to see the game and i told them exactly where to come i mean so it was great i mean seeing new people and everything so it's was a good game was a good day so (laughs) 
And, you know, and our little American friend had a big impact in that game as well, you know, winning the game-winning penalty, if I remember correctly, and yep. Bumbiang scoring it clinically, and, and they were off to the races and being winners. So how do people, you know, get in contact with you guys? You know, how do they reach to you guys? Are you guys on Facebook? Are you on Twitter? How do people reach you, and how do people actually get to Chloe's? Where is it located in Chicago? Do they take the CTA there? Can they drive there? Uh, and for people that don't know CTA, what CTA stands for, that's the Chicago Transit Authority. That's our, our train system and our bus system. So how can people get in contact with you guys, and how can people get to the matches? Okay, there are two things. First of all, it's BVB Dortmund Fans in Chicago mm-hmm. on Facebook. And then we have a web page, bvbchicago.com. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the Cleos is on 1935 West Chicago Avenue. Mm-hmm. And when I go there, I usually take the uh, the CTA mm-hmm. to uh, West Western Avenue. Mm-hmm. And then I walk up, go up to Chicago mm-hmm. Avenue, and you turn right, then you walk a couple blocks down there. It's on the right hand side, Cleos. And, <laughs> and you can take, and you guys take the blue line there as well. It's great. You can take the blue line there. Real good, great place. I've been there for a game. I, as I mentioned to Stefan before the interview, that I interviewed the the Bayern Munich people, and yep. and you know they're very very happy. They they're they're very they got a very nice squad. They got a they get a great following out there. As you mentioned, there's a lot of Munich fans. It's a huge following there, and you guys are growing as well. And it's always great to kind of give back to the community and always hear different people. You know. I've had people from the Premier League, Syrian, you know, you know, you have all these people. But the Bundesliga is the most exciting league in world football because all the there's the combination of all the really great team in Bayern and and Dortmund, but there's also these young teams with these young exciting prospects. How excited should people be in the United States to have the Bundesliga week in and week out? And is it the best league in the world? Oh, everybody should be very excited and. Since now we have it on Fox, they're showing it on Fox every Saturday, Friday, Saturday, and on Sunday. So we, they're going to show at least five games in a week there, a week every weekend. So, yeah, it, it, they, everybody should be very excited about it. And yes, definitely, it is the best league in the world. And I don't care what everybody else says, but every landsman is going to say the same. The English are saying, no, 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 the Premier League is the best. The French and the League One, I mean, that everybody's saying it, but it is in a moment Germany is the best league, so definitely. And, and people can't argue with that. I, when people do do the argument at the Premier League, as I mentioned, I, I support Manchester United, but I wouldn't say it's the best league in the world because the technical ability of the the English players, and you look at the English League, there's not many English players playing in the English League anymore. I mean, when you see a, a right back like Kyle Walker go for $50 million, and I wouldn't even rate him as the best fullback in the league, but because he's English and there's there's such a premium on English talent because they don't get the break for you anymore because there's so much money, they buy the best stars and the league is so quick. Yep. They are not technically sound. And you look at Germany, you look at Bayern, you look at you look at Dortmund, and you look at Lise, and you look at all these teams, Hamburg, for example, the teams are built around great, great German talent. The teams are yep. built around German talent, and they give the German players opportunities to break through. And you look at U21, European champions, Confederations Cup champions, defending World Cup champions. We can go on and on and on. That's how good they are. 
and that's how phenomenal yeah. they are. And the Bundesliga is the most exciting league because, as I mentioned, the combination of great young up-and-coming talents. And there's players like Anousman Dembele that turned down the, the opportunity to go to the Real Madrid's and the Barcelona's and to the English Premier League to go to Dortmund and play in the Bundesliga because it's such a great league to play in because they develop talent and they give young players an opportunity to play. And Fox has done a good job. I mean, some of their commentators, you know, before the games aren't too good to listen to, I will be honest with people on that. They, If they could eliminate some of the talking heads and just have the Bundesliga people, you know, just have English yeah. people that are German, you know, they have, you know, you know, German people that speak English talk about the Bundesliga. I think it'd be a hell of a lot better of a product. But the football on the field is really great to watch. Dortmund's really excited to watch. You know, everybody, everybody a part of the process is great. And our last question for Stefan is, what is your expectations for the upcoming season? You finished third last season. You won a cup. What is the expectations for this season? I know Bayern Munich retooled themselves. They got Hamas Rodriguez and, you know, on a two-year loan deal for $10 million. I mean, you know, they just have a, a, a plethora of great talent and a luxury of just being able to bring in these world-class players like a Hamas Rodriguez who may not even start for them. So what's the expectations for Dortmund this season in your eyes, Stefan? Is it winning a cup again and finishing runners-up, or is it giving them the push that they need to win the league? I do believe, I mean, we're going to be closer this year than we were last year, but I don't think we can really match up with Munich. So even with all the players what we're having, but then when you see about it, we have three big stars that are injured without till January. Yeah. Royce, Guerrero, and, oh, what's his, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's Guerrero, Royce is out, and I can't think of the third one right now. I, I can't think about it neither <laughs> right now, no. Yeah, so, but, I mean, all three out till January, and that's a three major factors what, mm. what we are going to be missing. So, and I hope we're going to be able to do the cup again, mm. but the main thing what I'm hoping for, that we're going to make it further this year mm. again in the Champions League than we did last year. You know, you guys went up against Monaco, and Monaco were just, they caught lightning in a bottle, and obviously the expectations is to do well in the Champions League. Uh, make sure you finish in a Champions League position. Hopefully Aubameyang stays. He signs a, a yeah. contract, a gentleman's agreement, scores another 40 goals, and then the kids take off. And It's an exciting season. You guys can check out uh, Borussia Dortmund in Chicago at bvbchicago.com and on Facebook at BVB Dortmund Fans in Chicago. Now we're going to transition onto BVB Buzz beat writer Aiden Ray. We're going to be talking about Abumiang. We're going to be talking about the two friendlies so far and what's coming up in future friendlies, what we should be expecting. And we're going to be talking about an awesome article about Julian Weigel. Is he going to be taking the next step, and is he going to have another great season? Joining me on the line, he is a writer for BVB Buzz. He is an excellent one as well. Joining me is Aiden Ray. How are you doing today, Aiden? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, it's great to have you on. This is the second episode of the BBB Buzz podcast, and it's great to have you on. Uh, last week we had Joshua Sampson, uh, the man behind BBB Buzz on Twitter, and this week we have you on, the second writer, another great writer on that team. Uh, we're going to start first with the, the man of the hour, the man that scored 40-plus goals last season for Borussia Dortmund, uh, Bummy Yang, his transfer saga is going to wage on, even though the Chinese Super League, 
their transfer window is closed. The speculation isn't going away. And our poll question of the week on BVB Buzz on Twitter is, where do you think Aubameyang will play next season? Aiden, where do you think he'll be playing his football and why? Ideally, I'd like him to stay at Dortmund for obvious reasons. But I honestly think AC Milan will make a run at him. And I think if he does go anywhere, it's going to be AC Milan. So we're not. We're going to rule out Liverpool. We're going to rule out Chelsea. And the only dog in the hunt for a transfer for Aubameyang is AC Milan. I think so. I don't think he's going to go to England. Uh, he spent his youth academy days at AC Milan. He came through AC Milan system. He could be interested in a home return. But from what I've seen on social media, he's pretty happy to be staying at Dortmund. You know, Dortmund's a special club. Milan has had a rich history. They're trying to buy themselves back to relevancy. And it's great to see that. And I think Aubameyang, with all the great signings they had already at Milan, maybe takes them over the hump and winning a league title in Syria. And that might be tempting for for Aubameyang, who's at Dortmund and the second best team in Germany in Germ- and the, the German Giants and, you know, the team that runs the Bundesliga and Bayern Munich. I mean, we're not going to mince words here. They just buy, they bought themselves Hamas Rodriguez for two years at $10 million. How, how can teams like Dortmund compete with Bayern Munich when they can get a player like Hamas Rodriguez for a two-year loan for $10 million? I honestly think that it's nearly impossible. We have to start seeing Bundesliga teams looking more international, which, don't get me wrong, I love how the Bundesliga teams stay very local, but uh, Bayern Munich's playing it smart by getting players like Hamas, going out and getting the big-name international stars, whereas if you look at the rest of the Bundesliga, there's just not that talent there in the league anymore to compete with Bayern. You have to go outside the league. Uh, Joshua Sampson wrote an article on BBBBuzz.com talking about if Aubameyang were to leave, Olivier Giroud of Arsenal would be the ideal successor for Aubameyang. You know, that's the, the rumors coming out of Dortmund. That's the rumors on the internet. Uh, what do you put into Olivier Giroud coming to Dortmund? Do you think he's good enough to replace Aubameyang? Do you think he could replace those 40 goals? Or do you think he's just an average striker that plays an above-average team in Arsenal? I mean, I'm a big fan of Giroud, and I think that he would fit well into our system by having Dembele and uh, Pulisic, Royce, Mario Goza being able to supply everything to him. I don't see him scoring 40 goals, but I could see him scoring 20, 25 goals for Dortmund, assuming that he has the form that he has when he comes on as a sub for Arsenal, not when he starts for Arsenal. If you were to bring him in and his best asset to the team is coming off the bench, does that mean Dortmund should be looking at a second striker, maybe to have someone to possibly start for Dortmund? Because as you mentioned, you know, for Arsenal, he's a phenomenal asset off the bench and he's had a great success this past season for them. I don't think he wants to be a, a role player in Arsenal and I don't think if he were to join Dortmund, he would want to be in that role position as well. If there was a second striker that possibly could be looked at, who would you like to see Dortmund bring in if Aubameyang were to leave and Olivier Giroud was, uh, wasn't on the market? And one player that comes to mind is Chicharito. I think he's a great asset in league, already proven he can score and Bundesliga. 
He once battled Byer Leverkusen. Rumor has it, uh, Michael J. Durante of NBC LA was telling me that it's basically almost a done deal that Chicharito is going to LAFC. They just have to agree on, or Leverkusen has to compromise and let him go next year, not this uh, summer. I think that Chicharito would be a great asset at Borussia Dortmund. I think he could be the striker that replaces Aubameyang, just because they're very similar in a way. They're both very fast strikers that are just great finishers for the most part. How many goals do you think Chicharito could score in a Borussia Dortmund side? 20. 20? At least. At least 20. All right. So you, you were giving Giroud in great form 20 to 25, but for Chicharito, we're giving him only 20? I thought maybe 30. Is 30 just a little too outreach for, for Chicharito? It's, I always find it really hard to put any striker at 30 goals because even the world's best usually struggle or they'll have the ups and downs that barely put them over 30 for in-league play. I think all competitions, yeah, all com- could yeah. get 30. Yeah, all competitions, okay. not just Bundesliga. Yeah, all comps, I would say, could get 30 if he stays healthy. Uh, but for just Bundesliga, yeah, I think he gets 20 to maybe 25 if he has a good year. What if a Bumyang decides to say to stay, and I see that Leverkusen might only need $13 million to get a Chicharito? Would it be worth Dortmund's, you know, you know, be worth Dortmund spending $13 million and bring him in as a backup to a Bumyang, or maybe even use him as a second striker? I don't think he would take a backup role, but I wouldn't be opposed to that. I'm not fully confident in Alexander Isaac yet, mm-hmm. and I'm not that confident in Emre Moore to be a true goal scorer. So as a backup striker, something that I've wanted at Dortmund for a little while now. All right, Callum Seanuck wrote a fantastic speech, which you guys can read on bbbbuzz.com, about Julian Weigel being poised for another great season. Based on what you saw last season, do you agree with Callum on this? And one of the players in the article he compared Julian's season to was the maestro Xavi Alonso. Do you think he's poised for another great season? I think he does. Uh, he had a very big injury this year that we'll have to see how he comes back from. But fortunately, he's still really young. I think he's, what, 23 years old at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think he's going to be coming back to his full form. And I can see him growing into being one of the greatest German midfielders. That is a very... That, that is a very bold statement based on all the great midfielders the Germans have produced over the last couple of seasons. And, you know, one of the great statistics that they've proven that, that was written also in this article was about how great of a box-to-box player is, he is. Is he one of the best box-to-box midfielders in all of the Bundesliga and maybe even arguably on the continent of Europe? I would say so. I wouldn't put too many players above him. Um, yeah, I would say he's one of the best, if not the best. I cannot think of anyone right now that I'd put above him. Except Who is a German player that we can compare Weigel to? Because everyone loves comparisons. I mean, you look at it, and every sport, you know, you got to compare the one great player to the last generation's player. You know, where who would we compare Julian Weigel for for the 
older audience and for the younger audience? Who's one player like Julian Weigel is kind of like a copy of this guy, very similar to him, and like the past generation. Who's someone we can compare him to? I've seen a lot of people on social media saying Tony Crows. But the player I'm going to go with is Bastian Schweinsteiger at his prime when he was playing as a center mid for Bayern Munich. Uh, I think that just how he controls the game, it reminds me a lot of how Schweinsteiger controlled the game. Extremely high praise right there, young man. Let's talk about the two preseason friendlies that Dortmund had played in. They played in two, they won one, they lost one, and in the second one, which was played today, some really good stuff came out of it. Um, Mario Gertz has made his official return to Borussia Dortmund. Tell me how you feel about him officially making his return to the field. It was great seeing him back. One of the big highlights of last season, or negative highlights of last season, was him going down with his uh, metabolism disorder. Mm Mm-hmm. So having him back, it's great to have him back. I still think he's a world-class player. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll, he's still developing. I agree. I mean, he he went through that rough patch. You know, he he was at an uh, all-time high for Dortmund. He leaves and goes to Bayern. Doesn't really pan out for him. He comes back. He hits a little bit of a speed bump. But now he's made this return the second. This is his second real coming this is going to be the the actual return because you know he had a little bit of the speed bump you know he goes out could have been a career ender wasn't he turns it around he he comes back in this preseason friendly and which was a victory by the way as well for Dortmund uh what do you expect from him this season I mean realistically what can we actually expect from him do we expect a, him to be back at his very very best or do we think it's going to be a progress process for him to really achieve that full form that we expected from him before he left for Bayern Munich? I think it's going to be a progress, but how I'm looking at it is I'm going to look at him from his first appearance and compared to his final appearance of this upcoming season. If he had a consistent improvement throughout the full year, I'd say it's a bet. If he's still inconsistent, I think you have to look at the failed season from him. Let's look at the two games that Dortmund played. They played a couple of days ago, and they lost, and then they played today, and they won. What do we make of these preseason friendlies? Are the players just going through their paces, or, or should we worry about the fact that they lost uh, the first game of the preseason, or should we just, you know, you know, just say, hey, that's preseason, the players going through their paces, you know, new manager, new everything. What should we take from these first two preseason friendlies? I'm not really looking at the results of it. I'm looking at how the players play under Peter Boss. And the first game, they looked uncomfortable. They're still adjusting to a new system. The second game, I haven't seen it yet. However, I have heard that the players look a lot more comfortable. And they're starting to adapt to uh, Peter Boss's new system. What should we expect in the next game coming up for Dortmund? They're playing against AC Milan. As we talked about, a lot of people have talked about how great this team's going to be for Milan. But this is a great test for Dortmund as well because these are two teams that you would say are parallel with each other and their ambitions, what they want to do. Obviously, Dortmund being a Champions League team, wanting to make a great run uh, next season in the knockout stages, and Milan wanting to get back in the Champions League and have a great run in Europe. Very, they're very two similar teams. Is there anything we can take away from this game, or should we be expecting a little bit more, a little bit more competitiveness since 
Dortmund's finally taking on one of the best European teams in all of Europe. I think we'll see a bit more of a competitive nature in it. However, I'm still not going to look too far into this because not only are Dortmund still in a transition, AC Milan are definitely in a transition. Both teams are not going to be playing at 100%. All right, last thing before we let you go. As I mentioned uh, in earlier in the podcast, we talked about uh, Dortmund winning the, the Cup this past season and you have an opportunity to see the team that Dortmund beat this year in the cup. You know, the penalty won by Christian Pulisic and Aubameyang hitting the penalty with a nice little chip down the middle. You are seeing Frankfurt play against the Columbus Crew on Monday. How exciting is it for you to see the team that lost the cup to Dortmund this season, or last season? I'm really looking forward to this one. It's actually going to be my first time in the press box. Uh, I think that Eintracht Frankfurt is still a very high-quality team. They did not look very good at all last night against San Jose. However, I think that Frankfurt are another team that had a little bit of a bump lately, and I don't know what they could be truly transitioning with, but they seem to be a team that's playing with a new system. All right, thank you so much, Aiden Ray. He is one of the best writers on BVB Buzz. You can also follow him on Twitter at Aiden Ray as well. Aiden, is there any articles coming up for BVB Buzz that we should be looking out for? BVB Buzz, not at the moment. I plan on working on something tonight. I won't give away quite yet what it's going to be about. Oh, can you give us a wonderful hint? You know, since we are the official BVB Buzz podcast, I think we deserve as listeners... What might be coming down the line from you? The article coming up, I can promise, will not be just a transfer rumor article or just your little news headline article. It's going to be something more in-depth and more tactical. That is Aiden Ray. I am Tyler Dunn. Thank you for listening to the BBB Buzz podcast. Make sure you guys like, rate, and review us on Apple iTunes. And Aiden, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Uh, thank you.